I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. going to give the audience what I think they want. They want chasing and car crashes. They want the cops to bend the rules to get the job done. They want the boy to get the girl. They want the good guy to win. They want the bad guy to die. Hopefully in the biggest explosion the budget will allow. But most importantly, Senator, they want to walk into a theater and for 90 minutes forget the fucking mess that you have left of this nation. Go get your bubble gum. yippee motherfucker. Hello, everybody. This is the All Out of Bubblegum podcast. And today we are going to be talking about a classic movie star in the truest sense, Gary Cooper, star of such films as High Noon, Sergeant York, The Virginian, Cloak and Dagger. And we have here Martin and where are we going by today? You can call me Brandon. Okay, Brandon. We usually call you a Hestinator on Discord. Yeah. But, uh. So we're let's let's just jump in. Um, where are you at as far as uh, a fan of Gary Cooper? Well, I'm not an ultra fan, but I have seen a lot of his movies, and he he's kind of comparable to I would say like Kevin Costner. They're both uh, American actors that come from the American West that do a lot of action roles, but also can do a lot of roles that aren't action adjacent either. They they're kind of a jack of all trades that have this kind of tough guy persona that people enjoy. And um, he won two Academy Awards for Best Actor, both for, like, badass cinema roles, one for Sergeant York, the other for High Noon, both movies where he kills people, which is good, (laughs) because you got to get some representation out there for, like, action-adjacent cinema. And um, he did that. He's very talented, and I enjoy watching his movies. He's kind of like that kind of, he has that yup, nope persona going on. He kind of has, he's framed Man a few words. Man a few words, yes, exactly. Thank you. But comparing him to Kevin Costner, did he also direct? Not to my knowledge. I, I, I don't think he did. Because that is something that my mind jumps to with uh, Kevin Costner. No, that was kind of a rarity. Even then, you'd have a, a lead actor that's that's making their own movies kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Here and there, yeah. you know, you get a John Wayne who, I guess, I, Gary Cooper is sort of a John Wayne adjacent. Although I think he kind of, by the time John Wayne was a star... Um, Gary Cooper always always been a star at that point, mm-hmm. so yeah. And I think Cooper was more versatile in his roles as well. Oh, yeah. Probably, so yeah. maybe I you could say maybe that. I just have the wrong image of John Wayne, but I feel like he he mostly did westerns. He's no mostly known for westerns. I don't think there's anybody that's yeah. more uh, associated with westerns than John Wayne. But uh, Gary Cooper also kind of became associated, uh, especially by the end of his uh, life and career. Um, a lot of it is just how impactful High Noon was and is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's the one film of his that I have seen. <laughs> okay. I'm kind of ashamed to say that I haven't seen any others. Well, what'd you think of High Noon? <laughs> well, I think it's uh, close to a masterpiece, if you ask me. Mm-hmm. Well, if you've seen other movies of his, uh, and it, it almost feels like a build to High Noon. Where and by the end of it, when he, he tosses the badge down, you're like, okay, you know, a career well earned. Yeah, and I believe that was a moment that inspired Dirty Harry too. Yeah, I, I, it is. One of the things that I always think of, um, in in uh, uh, 
historically and chronologically speaking is that there are all these films like High Noon, I guess, is one of them, even though it kind of it's it's a major canon film. Um, but there's all these films that are the, they're like orbiting around the action genre. They're not really action movies per se, but they are hugely influential for it. And High Noon has people that became more known for dabbling in action and, you know, action westerns. Like, you know, Lee Van, Lee Van Cleef is in it. Yeah, it was his film debut. Yeah. So, you know, and you just, you keep going down there and you go back to, you know, Veracruz, which I think is probably, I don't know, it might be the, the most influential film to action movies. It's up there. But Charles Bronson's in there and, you know, this is, it's a very stunt heavy movie and there's Burt Lancaster who's doing his own stunts a lot of the time. And yeah, so it's, you know, there are these movies like that that aren't necessarily action movies, but they hugely impact the genre. And I'd say High Noon is one of them. And just, uh, but Gary Cooper in particular is a, he's like a prototype action star. So, you know, that works. Definitely. Yeah. Well, there's some people who say that the action genre uh, was born with Dr. No. So basically after Gary Cooper's career. Yeah. Yeah. Well, in life. Yeah. But I, I don't know. It, it's. I think it's debatable. Is because it's not like I. A lot of people do consider Doctor No to be like the first real action movie, and and it sort of is. But there are things that that kind of lead into it. Yes. And. Yeah, Doctor No is an evolution of things that came before. Yeah, I think the modern action adventure genre in the West, at least came about with like the Magnificent Seven and the Guns of Navarone. Those films kind of like laid down like the the blueprint for what would come later. Although there, of course, there are films that came before like Seven Samurai, which of course inspired the Magnificent Seven. That was like six years before the Magnificent Seven. So, so there are things that come before their predecessors to the action genre, but some of these Gary Cooper films could still be considered action movies. Like Veracruz still has a lot of action, even by today's standards. It's still a pretty action packed movie. It sounds great, but I haven't haven't seen it. But who knows? Maybe next month. Don't want to get uh, ahead of things, but you n- you never know. Um, yeah. But speaking of stuntmen and stunts and action, to my understanding, Gary Cooper started out mostly as a stuntman. Yeah, I heard that too. Uh, he's his career started in the silent era, and um, he's a very physical actor. So this was. Early 20s? Yeah, early 20s, I believe. It, mid to early 20s, somewhere okay. around there. And he did a lot of his own stunts, I believe, at first. Not so much during, like, the 50s, probably, perhaps, when he got a lot older. But he's a very physical actor, and he did a lot. Of, he started off as, like, a, a stunt performer, I believe. Yeah, that's what I've read. Mm-hmm. He came to Hollywood, and he just so happened to be good at riding a horse. So they just, they just put him in movies where people needed to ride horses, basically. Mm-hmm. Have you either of you seen any of these early uh, Gary Cooper movies where he isn't one of the leads? The earliest Gary Cooper movie that I've seen is Wings from 1927, which he only has a cameo in, but it's a fantastic movie. It's um, it's like an old school Hollywood epic about World War One, which is probably my favorite historical topic, so it appeals to me greatly. And it's um, Gary Cooper only has a cameo in a Hershey's bar commercial. He kind of comes into this tent, you know, that they're, like, 
that the two main characters are in. And he's kind of like, well, flying is tough, but I sure do love chocolate bars. And he kind of throws like a Hershey bar on like the <laughs> table. <laughs> and um, okay. then he dies, you know, right, dies right after that in an airplane accident. But spoiler okay. alert. But um, it's a fantastic movie. It's got, it's kind of like the Top Gun Maverick of its time in the sense that oh. the actors up there in the airplanes are the actual actors. So they actually hooked up air, like cameras to the airplanes. So like Richard Arlen and Charles Buddy Rogers, they're actually up there flying those aircraft during the fight scenes. And it's, those battle scenes are incredible. They've got trenches, they've got tanks, they've got aircraft, they've got artillery pieces, they've got soldiers, they've got machine guns. And it's just, it's a great spectacle, even if Gary Cooper only has a very small role in the movie. But I would still recommend it pretty highly. It's silent. But it doesn't really matter because it has a great musical score on the home video disc if you want to buy that. And um, even though Gary Cooper... Silent had... but deadly. Silent but deadly, yeah. <laughs> Silent <laughs> but deadly. It's, it's, a, it's a great little... It, it still has a lot of action by today's standards. Well, maybe not by today's standards, but by the standards of the time. It must have been pretty incredible to see all these dogfight scenes in the air and all the ground battles. I believe it's supposed to be a reenactment of the Battle of San Mihiel during World War One, And it's just, it's a, it's a great little movie. Now, uh, I'm old school. Is, I don't, I think the there's too much talking in movies anyways. Martin Scorsese's The Aviator? I think that's Hell's Angels. But I believe Hell's Angels was a response uh, okay. to Wings. Like Howard Hughes was like, I can top Wings, I'll make Hell's Angels. But Hell's Angels, in my opinion, isn't quite as good as Wings. But it's watchable. Okay. Yeah. And Wings has the distinction of, if I'm not mistaken, being the first film to win the Academy Award for Best Film. Yes. Best there are actually two films that won Best Picture that year. Um, Wings and Sunrise, The Song of Two Humans, which is like a romance film. Not quite in the same league as Wings. But um, but later, like the Academy said, Wings is the one that won Best Picture. And Sunrise won like some other similar best movie type award did they have an award for best silent film and best uh, sound film back then was that why there's two uh they're both silent films but one was like more of like an artistic achievement award in cinema that's what sunrise got and i believe like wings was like best production or something like that ah uh, okay yeah this has been on my list for a while to watch but uh haven't gotten around to it is it in public domain yet? I do not know that. <laughs> Probably. Okay. Um, yeah, let's have a look at the rest of his uh, filmography then. Is there anything that jumps out in the early years? Um, other than Wings, I've not seen many of his silent films or really any of his silent films. I believe after that, the next film that comes into play for me would be Morocco, which is like a pre-co-drama it has some great ideas. Gary Cooper plays a soldier in the French Foreign Legion during the Rift War in Morocco, of course. And he falls in love with uh, Marlene Dietrich, who's like a nightclub singer. And it it's, has a lot of great ideas, but it wasn't really my thing in the end. It just it didn't really work for me. But it had some great ideas, so maybe check it out. No, I have not seen Morocco, but I'm aware of the spoilers, which remains the only... Um, so John Wayne and Gary Cooper never worked together, but John Wayne did remake uh, the spoilers and he plays the same role that Gary Cooper played. Yeah. I think I've heard that, but I haven't seen either film. So I, I, I kind of view 
uh, Gary Cooper and John Wayne is in competition with each other during this time, but clearly uh, Gary Cooper was the one getting all the accolades and probably deservedly so. Yeah, I can see that. Um, and, you know, there are movies that I think are, are better than their reputation would suggest, like A Farewell to Arms. It's based on a Ernest Hemingway story, that one. Yep. I've, I've read somewhere that uh, him and Gary Cooper were uh, really great friends. Yeah. And some people even thought that um, Hemingway had latent feelings for uh, the Coop. Oh. <laughs> you like the super-duper Gary Cooper? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Up his pooper. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, that too. No, I mean, no. Gary Cooper was famously well-endowed, but... Well done. So I've heard, yeah. Um, and that makes me want to watch the movie The Wedding Night. Ooh. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> There's a whole new meaning to Mr. Deeds Goes to Town. <laughs> he plays a guy named Longfellow. So. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, no, uh, but I will say Mr. Deeds Goes to Town, I think, is the first time that uh, Gary Cooper really gives, like, just like a powerhouse performance. Yeah. Mr. Deed Goes to Town, for me at least, it starts off very charming, but then it has like that courtroom ending. That's my favorite part. Like, <laughs> oh, that's your favorite part? That's the yeah. part that I'm not really much of a fan of, so. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. Having only seen the remake, I, I just cannot believe that this movie is actually good. Yeah, <laughs> fair. But, you know, it's like, you know, the balls on Adam Sandler. Are yeah. <laughs> making a Gary Cooper movie? Yeah. <laughs> With him as the Cooper role, that's, yeah, that's something. <laughs> oh, it's amazing. I see why you brought me here. It's a goof on me, huh? Don't be silly, Deeds. Okay. Well, Fighting Caravans is like an early pre-code Western where Gary Cooper escorts a woman across the Wild West. And... It's kind of creaky in that early talky kind of way, but it's it's okay movie. It's it's all right. Now pre-code means that they had certain freedoms when it came to violence and sexuality, right? That's right. And kind of the part of the, part of that in the film is that he's kind of posing as this woman's husband, and it doesn't go too deep into it. I don't know if that's a pun or not, but it doesn't go too <laughs> deep into it. But it's it um it doesn't go as off the rails as some pre-code movies do. It's not like Island of Lost Souls or Tarzan and his mate or something like that. But there's a little bit of that kind of, you know, sexual tension going on between this woman who just wants to get across the Wild West and Gary Cooper. But yeah, pre-code is kind of like, it's kind of a misnomer because it kind of starts when the code was introduced in 1930 and it ends in 1934 when they actually started enforcing the rules. But it's kind of like an era of more freedom of the screens in the United States. It's it's actually a pretty fascinating era because you can tell a lot of these guys don't know what they're or what to do, what they can do, and uh, it will surprise you when you watch a lot of them like what they're able to get away with. And then the era immediately after, uh, mostly in the early '40s, where you watch and see how they get around. They have the, all these creative solutions to get around the sensors. Yeah. It's quite a change. Like, I know this is kind of off topic, but Ga James Cagney, gangster actor. But then when the code hits in 1934, he has to switch over to being 
the G-Man for a while in like the film G-Man, which is a great little action movie. And um, it he, he, re, he would return to gangster roles for like films like The Roaring Twenties and Angels with Dirty Faces and White Heat. But he, for a while there, he had to play the lawman. And the weirdest thing about it is the code, the Hays Code was uh, self-enforced. Self-created, self-enforced by Hollywood. More, more or less, yeah. Oh, yeah. They were scared of government censorship, so they kind of like made up this like own little code to like self-censor themselves. Then, in my opinion, they oh they overdid it. Oh yeah, it's it's very interesting. I think. Yeah, I read a book recently called Precode Hollywood. I think it's Thomas Doherty or something like that. And it's a great book. It it's full of information on the Precode era and like the different films and how they got away with certain um, content levels and how the censorship was coming down on them and they had to think of something quick before like the government intervened. So they kind of made up these quick series of rules and um, it's an interesting book. I'd recommend it if you're interested in early 1930s cinema. Yeah, I might give it a, give it a chance if I ever come across it. Um, have either of you seen the film Devil and the Deep from 1932? No, I have not. That's my favorite bit of trivia when I was looking at it on IMDb. It says, in 1932, Tallulah Bankhead told an interviewer that she only accepted this role so that she could fuck Gary Cooper. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, based on what we know about Gary Cooper, I think that kind of checks out. <laughs> yeah. Wow. <laughs> based on what we know about Gary Cooper, you wouldn't need to start in, star in a film with him. Yeah, that's true. I am learning things today. <laughs> <laughs> today I learned. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um yeah, after that, a farewell to arms, based on the Ernest, Ernest Hemingway story. And again, better than it would. I, I, I always remember people kind of bashing it because um, they, they do change some things from the novel. But I have always felt the that it was actually a really good movie on its own. So I would say there's more good to it than bad. I'm, it's not one of my favorite Cooper movies, but it is more good than bad to me um i will say also i've only seen the like the uncut version of it um for years you couldn't get the uncut version of it not until like the late 90s or early 2000s so um depending on when you watch this what sort of stuff was cut uh i think a lot of the the ending they they, they made the ending uh happier i guess apparently but oh, i don't know if you know the story no, no. I do know that there is a uh, Sandra Bullock movie about the writing of the novel. Oh, I did not know that. With uh, Chris O'Donnell playing Ernest Hemingway. Okay. Interesting yeah. choice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Does he have a love scene with Carrie Cooper? <laughs> <laughs> I still need to check it out. I'll let you know. If not, then I don't want to watch it. No. <laughs> But uh, yeah, it's uh, it's good. Uh, I'm not gonna spoil the ending then. Um, but depending on which version you'll watch, uh, it is uh, either gonna be tragic or not. I need to check which version I have. Recommend watching the long version. I think it's on YouTube. So. And we already talked about Mr. Deed Goes to Town. Is there anything else in this era? Um, the general died at dawn. I remember seeing, and it's okay. It's um. Gary Cooper plays like a mercenary or something like that. Not like the mass killing kind, but he's a gun runner or something like that in like China. 
who like has some intrigue with like a warlord there. And it's a it's a watchable movie. It's not one of my favorites, but it's 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 pretty decent. The Lives of Bengal Lancer. I've seen that one too. That came out before Mr. Deeds Goes to Town. And it's an okay adventure movie. Uh, Gary Cooper like stars is like um a British soldier in the northwest frontier of India. And it's an okay adventure movie. He does go to town a little bit with like a water-cooled machine gun towards the end, but it's not a great movie. He's done better adventure movies, but it's 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 a, it's, a, it's watchable, yeah. It's a, it's a war movie, you said. Kind of. Okay. Kind of a war movie a little bit. Because we're still pre-World War II here, yeah. which is interesting. Mm-hmm. When did he start making talkies? The 30s. Yeah. 30s, okay. Like immediately. Mm-hmm. So, A Farewell to Arms is a talkie. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. Then immediately after the general died at dawn, we have the Plainsman, where he plays Wild Bill Hickok. And it's a bit of a disappointment because when you think of Gary Cooper playing Wild Bill Hickok, you think of something like really exciting. And the movie's just okay. It's not bad, but I really don't remember much about it other than Gary Cooper killed quite a few people. But it's not a masterpiece. That's something. Yeah. A Wild Bill Hickok is a is a is a real person. Yeah. Yeah, he's a famous Wild West gunman. Ah, okay. Yep, um, and you get to spot uh, Anthony Quinn playing an Indian in that one, so. Yeah, two great action stars for the price of one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Even though it's, it's only a small role for Quinn, though, but yeah. So, the for me, I think uh, my, my start with him, which... Uh, sort of not fair is probably sergeant york i love sergeant york and for some people i kind of get it there's a lot of like backwoods american redneck dialects and there's there's a lot of religious preaching but i think it's a great masterpiece i mean it's directed by howard hawks who's an all-american director and it's just a great biopic of one of the great american war heroes he was a conscientious objector during world war one so he tried to like stay out of it but he couldn't. He was drafted. And um, his church was not one of the peace churches, so he had to fight. And he... Oh, well, I won't spoil anything after that. But it's a great true story biopic. And um, Alvin C. York has kind of become a, uh, an American folk hero over the years. And um, the Swedish power metal band, Sabaton, they even wrote a song about Sergeant York called 82nd All the Way. It doesn't reference Gary Cooper, though, but it definitely should. It definitely should go something like, you know... Enter the war from over the sea. Intervene, 1918. He is, of course, played by Gary. (laughs) But it doesn't say that. (laughs) But it definitely should. Okay. (laughs) But Sergeant York, that movie has some great battle scenes in it. And um, it's not an action movie, but it is action adjacent with Gary Cooper killing quite a few German soldiers. And um, And he's got some great... This is World War I again. Yeah, World War I again, yeah. Yeah. And then... It's just a great little um, biopic with some action scenes in it that are fantastic. It's one of my favorite Gary Cooper movies. Yeah, it's a great, you know, Howard Hawks film. Um, you mentioned referenced earlier, The Aviator. Um, that's this is this is him. Ah, it wasn't that Howard Hughes. Oh shit, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Howard Hawks, uh, Rio Bravo guy. Yeah, or Red River, and you know uh, the. Western director. Yeah. Hold a whole different guy. Yeah, that's all right. Best buds with uh, John Wayne. Um, did you, but you, I think we brought up 
Scarface in a previous episode, the 1932 version. Yeah, could be. Uh, this is him. That's how it yeah. works. Ah, okay. Yeah. And um, from earlier than Sergeant York, I've seen Souls at Sea, which is kind of an interesting kind of drama adventure type movie where like Gary Cooper is trying to stop the slave trade. He goes to any length, any lengths imaginable to stop it. Like there's a scene where he has like information that will stop the slave trade in his pocket. He's on a boat. There's people trying to climb on the boat, but they might sink. So he starts killing these people that are trying to get on the boat, like prevent the boat from sinking. So he can like say this information that'll help hinder the slave trade. And it's, that's probably the highlight of the movie. Otherwise, there's a lot of romance in it that isn't too interesting, but it does have a pretty, you know, interesting climax with this kind of moral dilemma of, like, how do you stop the slave trade? Like, at what cost of human lives does it take to, like, do the right thing? And um, it's an okay movie. I I might recommend it under certain conditions. I have not even heard of that movie. It's okay. Um, George Raft is in it, too. He plays, like, Gary Cooper's sidekick. And, um... There's a lot of romance in it. Honestly, a little surprised uh, at the content. You're talking about that movie. I'm like, really? They made a movie about the slave trade in the 30s. Yeah, it's, it, it's, yeah, it's, <laughs> this is pre-Gone with the Wind. And um, it's pretty intense for, at times, for what it's trying to do. Because, you know, when you think of a 1930s movie in slavery, you think of like Gone with the Wind, you know, where it's mm-hmm. kind of like glossed over or glorified, but... This film, Gary Cooper's basically has information that could hinder the slave trade, and he's killing innocent people basically to try to get it, the information out of the sea so he can um, go to court and like present this information that will help hinder the slave trade. Okay, so I'm actually just gonna recommend that one, even though I have not seen it, because that's I want I want to watch that now. <laughs> There's a lot of romance in it, so it's not all the good stuff. Oh, still. You you surprised me when you brought it up. Yeah. I, I actually, I just, <laughs> I was like, what? Yeah, I, li- I like movies that make you uh, think about the moral questions. Like, is it is it okay to kill a few to save another few? Yeah. Yeah, that's, it, it, the ending of that movie kind of goes into that. And um, Sergeant York also has kind of a moral dilemma thing going on. It's kind of like this great struggle with his conscience, you know, like, is it okay to kill soldiers? enemy soldiers like to save yourself or your country or whatever that you know and it's um it's a great kind of like story of a man wrestling with his conscience i mean there's a lot of religious material in there that some people might be turned off by but if you can get past that it's a great you know kind of moral dilemma story as well that's sergeant york is it in story similar to uh hexar rich Yes, exactly. Ah, uh, Hacksaw okay. Ridge is like World War Two. Sergeant York is World War One, but it's uh, yeah. pretty much the, the very similar stories. Very similar stories about you know conscientious objectors during a world war serving the United States who kind of wrestle with their conscience and become war heroes in the end. And religion playing a big part. Yeah, interesting. And he got nominated for an Oscar for that one. Uh, won an Oscar for that one. Yeah, he won an Oscar. His first Best Actor Oscar. For Sergeant York, and he rightfully won it. I mean, some of the dialogue is a little kind of cheesy, you know, it's got that backwoods dialect going on, but it's a great movie, I think. And Gary Cooper does a great performance, you know, you just can't think of Sergeant York the same way after watching it. Okay, was it his first nomination? No, I think he was, yeah, no, he was, I think he was nominated for Mr. Deeds, yeah, ah, okay, 
But um, the other thing you got to know uh, is that Sergeant York was just a smash hit. Like, that really elevated uh, Cooper. Because, I mean, I, I, I don't know if it was the biggest hit of the year, but it's one of those. It's People were really gung-ho, rah-rah, especially after Pearl Harbor, which happened. I think the movie was in the running. It was still running when Pearl Harbor happened. Yeah, that's correct. And it just was a runaway success because everybody was kind of, you know, they're looking for the, the military hero type at that moment. And this happened to be mm-hmm. playing. Yeah. Some people kind of consider Sergeant York a piece of propaganda. And I can see that. I mean, it is a wartime flag waving, you know, spirit waver. Well, that's, I mean, spirit. That's what the movie's raiser. about. You know, it's about, cause he is a conscientious objector at the start. And, it's like, you know, should you do something if you can? I mean, that's really what it's about. Yeah. yeah. It's a great movie. When the thing it's propagating is killing Nazis, I'm fine with it. <laughs> well, they weren't Nazis during World War One, but... No, but if it's used as propaganda in, in that era... Oh, okay, I gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah I gotcha, I gotcha. And um, I'm looking through his filmography right now. Um, Pride of the Yankees. I've not seen that. The year after. Yeah, he plays Lou Gehrig. <laughs> Another uh, Academy Award nomination, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah. Like he he kept getting nominated for a little bit there. He did uh, for whom the bell tolls after that and nominated for that. Mm-hmm. Another Ernest Hemingway ad- adaptation. Yeah. yeah. And for whom the bell tolls, the Gary Cooper movie. It's okay. It's very long for the standards of the time, and Gary Cooper does some actiony type things, but overall, it's just. A romance movie for the most part with Ingrid Bergman and um, yeah. it's an okay movie um, it's got some interesting things because it's kind of set during the Spanish Civil War and Gary Cooper is like one of the volunteers on the Republican side fighting against the Nationalist side and um, there are some interesting political intrigue there but for the most part it's really a romance movie so that's the main yeah, call it issue with movies from that era they all needed a romance. Yeah. It's still doing that into the 90s. Mm-hmm. Actually, some movies still do it now, so I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, but apparently, Gary Cooper had never seen nor liked uh, baseball when he did uh, Pride of the Yankees. Really? I did not know that. That's That's interesting. Did not care one bit about baseball. Okay. Wow. He was a big sportsman. He liked skiing, hunting... Starting to agree with John Wayne. Yeah. This guy's just an American. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, um, have you seen Unconquered? It's okay. I've seen it. It's kind of set during Pontiac's War after the French and Indian War, and Gary Cooper plays his frontiersman. And I don't really remember much about it other than it was just fine. Yeah. I've never seen it, but I love the poster, and it makes me want to watch the movie. It's one of my favorite posters, so... Uh, from the era. It's an okay movie. It's pretty good, but not like okay. particularly memorable. What's the next thing that you um, that you did really like of his? Um, right before Sergeant York, he did a film called The Real Glory, which is set during the Moro Rebellion in the Philippines in the early 1900s. And that is a great action adventure movie. It's a little culturally and racially insensitive, but you know it's a 1930s adventure movie. It's, it's going to have that. But if you can get past that, 
It's a great war movie of, about Gary Cooper and David Niven and Broderick Crawford playing these um, American soldiers garrisoned in the Philippines who are defending this um, remote village from moral marauders. They have to, like, it's kind of, like, vaguely Magnificent 70 in the sense that they're, like, defending the village from the bandits. And it's it's got some ahead-of-its-time violence. It was made during the time of the Hollywood production code, but there is still a scene where, like, a bad guy falls into, like, a pit of spikes. You can see his body, like, impaled several times in, like, the bottom of the pit. So it's... It gets a little rough at times with the violence, which is good, because I like to see that kind of stuff in the movies, as long as it's not too extreme. <laughs> yeah. So it's a great action-adventure movie, wartime action-adventure movie. Gary Cooper, he kills quite a few people, which is good. And um, it's <laughs> it's it's a bit, like I said, it's a bit insensitive at times. Um, like, there's a moral prisoner that Gary Cooper threatens to bury alive in, like, a pigskin, which is, like, against uh... the beliefs of the Moros which are like the Muslim Filipinos. So that scene hasn't aged well if it ever aged, if, if it was ever good at all. But if you can't get it's past... the whole general person thing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But if you can get past okay. that, it's a great, excellent action-adventure movie. Okay. And that same year, he did Beau Jest, which is like a, a French Foreign Legion film that I personally prefer to Morocco. And um, he plays like um, a French Foreign Legion soldier defending this remote fortress in the middle of nowhere in Morocco during the Rift War. And um, it's kind of like, has some thriller and uh, mystery elements to it. And it's it's a good movie. I would recommend Beau Jest as well. It's a, it's a very familiar sounding name. Title, I mean. Yeah, there's been several versions of Beau Jest over the years. Oh, I didn't know that. And the adventures of Marco Polo. He plays Marco Polo, and it's pretty bad. I didn't like that movie. He discovers spaghetti... And that's it. It's just not a good movie. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a good movie. I, f- I thought Marco Polo was known for discovering something else, but sure. <laughs> well, he, yeah. he went to China <laughs> and Mongolia, I think, and he discovers pasta. And that's not really what you want to see in a Gary <laughs> Cooper movie. You don't want to see him eating pasta. You want to see him shooting people. So uh, You can just imagine the, the executives going, no, but Marco Polo was Italian. He has to do something Italian. Yeah. I know. <laughs> I actually, I want to watch that now, so I want to see. (laughs) And um, he was also in Meet John Doe, which is a non-action movie. But that's a good one. That's a good one. Um, He kind of plays this um, this hobo. He plays Long John. (laughs) Yeah. A guy called Long, there's a theme here. Yeah, there's a theme here. He plays like a hobo that kind of becomes the front man of this populist political movement in Meet John Doe. And uh, it's directed by Frank Capra, so it's kind of got those feel-good Americana vibes to it. But it's a good movie. He's he's kind of this unwitting, like, populist political figure in it. And um, it's a good movie, even though he doesn't shoot anybody. It's still worth watching. And he was um, politically active in real life as well, right? At least after a certain point. Uh, it's not uncommon at the time, actually. A lot of these stars were. And are. Yeah. For the most part, he was a Republican. Not like with the finesse, the t- with the fanaticism of John Wayne. Yeah. But he was a conservative Republican for the most part. And um, shortly after Sergeant York, he did a film called Along Came Jones, which I believe is kind of like a comedy type Western. It's been years since I've seen it. It's no good. Then he does another dud after that called Saratoga Trunk, 
which is just putrid as some of the worst like blackface ever and it's just so boring and talky it's just i can't recommend it it's probably the worst gary cooper movie i've seen he does get a couple fight scenes there at the end but it doesn't redeem the whole of Sar- saratoga trunk that's not a good movie what about uh cloak and dagger did the same year that one's okay. I asked because I really like Fritz Lang. Yeah, Fritz Lang is one of the great directors. He did masterpieces like Metropolis. He did and the other excellent movies like M and The Big Heat. But Cloak and Dagger, it's okay. It's pretty good. It's um, It okay. has a couple good f- action scenes in it. That's what matters. Gary Cooper gets a couple good fight scenes. But there's a lot... <laughs> this is kind of a recurring theme, but there's a lot of romance in it that kind of bogs down the whole production a little bit but overall it's still very watchable when it's focusing on the espionage related material so world war ii movie about gary cooper going behind nazi lines and he punches a few people and those scenes are really good and fritz lang he handles it like a pro but then the romance comes in and kind of slows things down a little that prevents me from recommending it very enthusiastically but i would still recommend it if you like gary cooper Mm. It always surprises me how quickly after World War II there were movies about World War II. They didn't even wait for the war to end. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Always surprising to me somehow. Yeah, and there are still movies being made during World War II itself that like focused on the kind of the semi-current events of the war, like Bataan and Back to Bataan and Gung Ho and stuff like that, that were kind of these flag-waving patriotic films that focused on these battles that had just recently taken place. Well, often, uh, in respect to Back to Baton, they would play newsreels from those front lines before the movie even started. Oh. It's, it's, it's actually weird to, to talk about now because, you know, we just don't do that. It's all commercials now. But back then, they would play, here's a, an update from the front lines or before whatever movie you're going to watch starts. And in... in that particular case they'd be like oh here's a here's some images of our troops landing on the shore or the these people be fleeing this village yeah um there's a little bit of like information on newsreels in that pre-code hollywood book i recommended and um yeah they were an important part of the movies because you didn't have like 24 hour um like news channels like you do nowadays so that's where you get your news and people didn't even have televisions Mm-hmm. I mean, some people did, but yeah. most people didn't, I think. Yeah. Now, I have a question about Unconquered. Does Gary Cooper wear the uniform he has on the poster? It, it's been years since I've seen it, but I think he might. It's been years since I've seen it, though. Yeah, well, that, that poster just rules. So. <laughs> it's, a, it's an okay movie. I'm looking at it, and man, what a hat. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, so... Going into the, the 50s, I, I've seen You're in the Navy now, mm-hmm. which I did not care for. But it's the film debut for Charles Bronson. It. Yeah, well, he's in it. and he's. It's, I, don't, I don't know if it is his debut. It might be. But he... I think so, yeah. Yeah, he, he's, he gets a line of dialogue and everything. Oh. And he never looked young. This is... <laughs> no. Well, I mean, he's just... He's shredded, but not yeah. ever, ever young. No. Working in a coal mine as a kid. Yeah, that's true. Uh, I think that, yeah, okay. Lee Harvey, or Lee Marvin also. Oh. But uh, I was going to bring up uh, High Noon, which is the one that you have seen. Yes. Absolute classic. 
Yeah. It's a good movie no matter how you cut it. Yeah. Yeah. Like, for High Noon, as I said, great movie no matter how you slice it, but it really becomes a masterpiece, in my opinion, when you think of it as this kind of, like, analysis of what makes people, some people so heroic and what makes some people so cowardly. It doesn't really dive into what makes people evil, exactly. There are a few bad guys, like Lee Van Cleef in his film debut, but for the most part, it's about what makes people heroic or cowardly. And it's just a masterpiece on that level, with um, Gary Cooper standing his ground against these four outlaws that are coming into town to assassinate him on his retirement day at noon. And it's just, it's a phenomenal movie that really inspires me, and it feels truly heroic at times. Yeah. His retirement day and his wedding day. Oh, that too. Yeah, yeah. He's getting married and retired on the same day. Yeah. Yeah, that's the one thing that kind of bugged me about it, is that he's like 30 years older than Grace Kelly. (laughs) <laughs> yeah that's it's a yeah. little questionable she could almost be his granddaughter but sure like the movie's great yeah yeah well he's he's retiring she's just starting her life yeah. you know <laughs> you know how it goes yeah. Yeah. looking forward to three great years until his death <laughs> yeah <laughs> she gets that marshal money yeah <laughs> no but yeah you. this is a movie about what did takes to be a hero and just standing up mm-hmm. for yourself and others and justice it's, it's a great movie timeless because of its themes oh yeah and dimitri tiamkin's musical score is fabulous it won an oscar gary cooper won an oscar for best actor here but dimitri tiamkin's score probably one of the best of his career it's just really catchy and but also very melodic too and it's beautiful music and yeah. but the action scenes are great too you can feel the impact of like every bullet fired and every punch thrown. It's not like over the top, but it's not completely realistic. But at the same time, you jump in your seat every time, just a little bit every time. Every time somebody fires a gun, because it's kind of like, whoa, that's like that matters now. It's not yeah. like, you know, like a Rambo movie, which I love. I love Rambo movies, but it's not like Rambo movies where like people are constantly firing automatic weapons and you kind of, kind of get numb to the impact of like individual bullets but like in high noon you know you can feel the impact of the bullets each one fires seems to matter and each punch seems to matter it's not an action movie but it is action adjacent and the action scenes are pretty terrific for what they are i think yeah i uh, wholeheartedly agree you might even compare it to um open range with kevin costner oh yeah 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 that's i was gonna bring up like a leone but yeah I would, I would definitely do that. Oh wow! Actually, we just made it full circle back to Kevin. Yeah. <laughs> we did. <laughs> yeah. My brain just put that together. Yeah. Does every anybody know if Kevin Costner had a big dick? <laughs> just, just to per- perfect the circle. I hear that he is a big dick. Yeah. That's, that's what I. <laughs> what was it in like for love of the game? He had a a nude scene that was cut after test audiences said they didn't like it. <laughs> So yeah, he gets naked in Robin Hood too. So ah. <laughs> he just really wanted to show off his dick. Yeah. Be like Gary Cooper. Someone's yeah. gonna look at yeah. this. <laughs> I don't care which fans, which genre. Yeah, it's gonna happen. <laughs> yeah, Vera Cruz came out pretty soon after High Noon. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, and not only again, once again, I think it's hugely influential and almost nobody talks about it um but it's also just a really good movie it's really fun mm-hmm. it's an all-star cast 
we should have maybe mentioned that his career was in a sort of decline leading up to high noon mm-hmm. yeah and it was really his big comeback yeah yeah there are a few movies he did around the high noon time that weren't great like dallas is a western i can't remember anything about it it's just it was a mediocre western then he did um starlift which is kind of this um flag waving spirit razor for the korean war where he had this cameo it's like a musical film with all these Hollywood stars and they get together. Oh, one of those. Yeah, and he okay. has this musical number in this German expressionistic saloon in the Wild West where he just says like, yup, nope, and, the, and the, like somebody else is singing for him. And it's, it's, it's okay, but it's not a great movie by any means. And Distant Drums was okay. That's another Western. It, not a great movie, but it, it was it's watchable, I guess. And then right after High Noon, he did Springfield Rifle which is really good. It's it kind of like jumping in on the Winchester 73 bandwagon, but it's a lot of fun. It's kind of like this American Civil War, Western espionage thriller type film where like Gary Cooper is drummed out of the, Amer- uh, drummed out of the Union military for um, being a coward in the face of the Confederate enemy. And he joins up with these Confederate horse raiders and, um, it doesn't sound as bad as that. It, he's actually, I don't want to get into spoilers, but it's a good movie. You're going to have to trust me on that. And he does slash Lon Chaney Jr.'s butt cheeks with a knife and during one fight scene. <laughs> he straddles Lon Chaney Jr. and just takes a knife with his ass cheeks and goes, shing, shing. And it's, <laughs> it's great stuff. It's a good movie. I would recommend Springfield Rifle. There are some weird feelings coming out of, <laughs> out of these movies. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, and he also did what it was called, Blowing Wild. I love bl- Blowing Wild. I remember you wrote an article about it. Yeah, it's a lot the of website, fun. A review, an article, yeah. It's like this Latin American action adventure, oil, western type movie. It's hard to categorize, but some people are really down on it. But I think it's I, I think it's a great little action movie of Gary Cooper and Anthony Quinn and Ward Bond. They play these kind of, I think they're called wildcatters, which people that are people that just randomly dig for oil in random spots in Latin America and see if they can find anything. And it's kind of like the treasure of the Sierra Madre, just a little bit with oil instead of gold. And there's some action scenes in there with Gary Cooper shooting people and fighting people. And it's it's just good pulpy fun. It's not to be taken too seriously, but Blowing Wild, I really enjoyed yeah, looking at the poster, I thought it was just another Western, but apparently not, because he, he has that massive cowboy hat. Yeah, it's set in the mod, it's set in the present day, I believe, and um, it's kind of in Latin America. Present day, nineteen fifty-three. Yeah, it's kind of funny at the beginning because it says this film is not based on any real location. Then right after that, it says Latin America. Yeah. And so it's like, I guess Latin America is not real <laughs> no. anymore, I guess. <laughs> but it's kind of funny, but it's a good pulpy film. Yeah, it sounds like a lot of fun. A lot of similarities to uh, The Wages of Fear, which you oh, really yeah. loved. Yeah. yeah. I've not seen Wages of Fear yet, actually, but Blowing Wild is pretty similar in the sense that they're about um, people running nitroglycerin in the Latin American wilderness on trucks. So there's some similarities there. Yeah. But I'm assuming in Blowing Wild, it's only the one scene or one section of the movie. Yeah, yeah, just one scene. And around the time of Blowing Wild, the same year, 1953, he also released a film called Return to Paradise, which is 
pretty decent. It starts off better than it would have what would, would become later in the second half, but Gary Cooper basically washes up on the South Seas Island, ruled by this tyrannical preacher who's like very puritanical. So like Gary Cooper's like, I don't want any of this. So he takes like a shotgun and like shoots the church or something like that. And the film does become a lot tamer in the second half as Gary Cooper learns to like teach lessons to the vile preacher and eventually the preacher becomes a good guy and World War II breaks out and so it's not a great movie, but it's watchable. It's something different for Gary Cooper, like doing a South Seas adventure film. So that's that's watchable. It's a vacation movie. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I don't know. I like the the setup. Sounds interesting to me. Oh yeah, it, the setup is a lot more interesting than the actual movie itself. Although the actual movie itself is not bad. Okay. And then after that, he did Garden of Evil with Richard Widmark, which is a respectable western where he shoots a bunch of native americans off cliffs that's basically the whole movie but it's an okay movie it's okay it's not great but richard widmark is in it which is always fun to see and then we get back to vera cruz which is just just a great action adventure war western movie set during the franco-mexican war where like burt lancaster and gary cooper have to escort this french countess across warista inhabited territory and you got charles bronson you got jack ellum you got ernest borgnine you got caesar romero and of course the aforementioned cooper and lancaster and that's really one of the building blocks of the modern action adventure western movie and another great poster i think oh yeah yeah it's it took like this mexican setting that you didn't see a lot at times occasionally did but you didn't see like people running around revolutionary Mexico shooting up people that often. And it inspired films like the Magnificent Seven and the Wild Bunch, the Professionals, Sergio Leone's Westerns. And um, it's, a, it's a great little movie. The Mercenary from the sound of it. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's it. You can't win them all. Um, go, go definitely. I mean, this is like, I give it my highest recommendation because uh, you watch that movie and you will just note, left and right things that are used in other movies it is constant you go oh this this is the beginning of that trope this is that this is there's just so much going on in this movie and it's uh it really is action-packed it is a ton of fun uh watching uh uneasy alliance like fall apart there's just so much good stuff happening in that yeah it's um it feels like an, a very early spaghetti western at times yes. with its like stylized gunplay and casual violence, mean, tough characters, the Mexican setting, the wartime setting. It's it's really ahead of its time in some ways. I mean, it took a while for Hollywood to catch up with it. Who directed it? Robert Aldrich. It's Robert Aldrich, yeah. What else did he do? The Dirty Dozen. Oh. He also, yeah. like the, the thing that he did right after... Or maybe, I don't know if it's right after, but it seems like around the, right after is uh, Kiss Me Deadly, which is another like fantastic noir film. Yeah, I'm not a huge noir fan, but I do remember Kiss Me Deadly being watchable. Kiss Me Deadly is awesome. Isn't that the <laughs> one where like they, they open up the Ark of the Covenant at the end? Yes. Like, yeah, okay. Yep. Yeah. And and it, like when the, the first time, and I don't want to spoil it, but the first time he opened that case... And I'm watching the movie. I had no idea what this movie's about. And I recommend you go in blind too, whoever is listening. Um, but the first time I opened the case, I actually went, holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> and watching a movie from like 1955 and going, holy shit, is uh, an astounding experience. Mm-hmm. 
because you're like, what is that? And that's <laughs> the movie, and you have to watch it. Uh, I recommend knowing nothing about it. Just go watch Kiss Me Deadly. Uh, Criterion has a good Blu-ray out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he uh, Aldrich also did Flight of the Phoenix, uh, The Dirty Dozen, and uh, what's the Burt Reynolds football prison movie, Longest Yard. So he had a decades-long career also. Yeah, and most of his stuff uh, really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Vera Cruz is so ahead of its time. Yes. And Gary Cooper makes such a great action star in that he really unleashes his inner Rambo. Like, during the final battle where he gets mm-hmm. on that Gatling gun and just starts, like, mowing down French soldiers. It's just beautiful. Yeah, you you will not believe that a movie from the 50s can go this hard. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, it is it is amazing. Yeah. Like, every action movie of note for decades takes from Veracruz. And it still holds its own. So I highly recommend it. The highest recommendation I can give. I have to check it out. Watch it today. I'm going <laughs> to promise this month I will yeah. watch Vera Cruz on the record. <laughs> there you go. Um, his next film after Vera Cruz was The Court Martial of Billy Mitchell. That's more of a courtroom film, so I didn't really enjoy it that much. Pretty forgettable to me. Not big on the courtroom dramas, huh? No, not really a fan of people sitting around talking in a courtroom. <laughs> That's just me. <laughs> Very little shooting people happening <laughs> in courtrooms. Yeah, I, I like the violence. And um, <laughs> the twelve angry men and a gun. Oh, I do like twelve angry men a lot. That's a great okay. movie, but that's that's kind of different. That's almost like so good that it transcends the courtroom genre. But if it was twelve armed angry men, you'd be like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this could get yeah. good. Yeah. <laughs> that one scene in a Time to Kill. Yes. <laughs> just like the opening where Sam Jackson just shoots everybody. Like, yeah. yeah. You know, that the movie kind of sucked after that, but <laughs> <laughs> and, and then immediately after the court martial of Billy Mitchell, we have Friendly Persuasion, which is actually really good. It's um, an American Civil War, yeah, it's William Wyler, yeah, it's an American Civil War drama where Gary Cooper plays like the patriarch of a Quaker family and they experience the American Civil War unfolding around them. And it's not an action movie by any means. But it's still really good. It's probably one of his better movies. It's definitely in the top half of Gary Cooper's filmography to me, it, even though he doesn't shoot anybody. But it's, <laughs> it's, it's a good drama. Quakers were pacifists. Yeah. That explains that. Yeah, it does. <laughs> the one I'm uh, aware of uh, in, in this era afterwards is The Hanging Tree, because it, it's set um, where I grew up. So, But yeah, the, and, and that, I thought that one was all right. Same here. It's an okay movie, but nothing really that special to me. Is is it sort of, is it sort of famous or infamous where you're from? Uh, kind of. But you know, it's we have like a, a thing out here in in Montana, uh, where you 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 go, you kind of like talk about the movies that are set here, that kind of thing. Is Legends? Legends of the Fall. Is that what you're gonna say? Yeah. Yeah. So I was gonna yep. say. I can just feel it on everyone, the tips of everyone's tongues as soon as you bring up Montana. <laughs> it's that and yeah. River Runs Through It. Those are the two that people mention. All right. I've not seen that film. Okay. I was almost in it. Oh. Wow. But apparently I was an unruly child and yeah. <laughs> did not make it through the audition. <laughs> and um, 
Right before the Hanging Tree, we have Man of the West, which is another Gary Cooper Western that I thought was just okay. A lot of people liked it a lot, but I thought it was just okay. That's just me. This this is sort of... Is, is this the high point of the Western genre? Or was that more in the 40s? Mm, I'd say like the the 50s, like personally, that's what I think. I think the high point, maybe the end of the 40s into the 50s is sort of... Because, you know, look at uh, High Noon is early 50s. Uh, even though they kind of made a comeback in the mid-60s, but it like died out within five years. <laughs> yeah. With the revisionist westerns. Yeah, like they, they got too good too fast and 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 just immediately fell from grace again. Yeah. And then um, we have Alias Jesse James, which Gary Cooper only has a small cameo in. It's a comedy with Bob Hope, and it's okay. It's pretty funny at times. And Gary Cooper just shows up at the end to non-fatally shoot somebody, and he says, "Nope," which is his kind of his catchphrase, I guess. So. <laughs> It's it's okay. It's, it's an okay comedy western. So, I mean, I wouldn't not recommend it. A one word catchphrase. It's good work if you can get it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But uh, that's that's as far as I've I've not seen Elias Justice Jesse James. The Hanging Trees as far as I've gone. I've not seen any of the his final movies. Okay. Okay. Because there there's a couple good ones after that. Like they came to Cordera Cordera. Sorry. It's um, it's like a western set during the Pancho Villa expedition of the Mexican Revolution when the United States invaded northern Mexico to hunt for Pancho Villa, and Gary Cooper plays an American officer who's like escorting these American troops to receive medals for heroism. But it's kind of like this anti-war film that almost verges on outright anti-military film. That's pretty moody and it's kind of dark at times. Not like dark in terms of violence, but it's just kind of like this philosophically kind of dark film. Or like the war heroes are not the heroes that you thought they were and gary cooper is like having to hold all of this together and it's a good movie it's not great but it's it's a good western okay then right after that we have the wreck of the Mary deer where he co-stars with charlton heston and you would think that a movie with charlton heston and gary cooper in the same like frame together you would think that'd be like the greatest movie of all time but it's <laughs> for you yeah yeah but it's just okay it's just okay it's um Kind of like a mystery movie where they investigate what happened on this ship. It's it's an okay movie. It's it's nothing really to write home about, but it's watchable. Okay, well, I was I was gonna ask you about that one because I, I, I looking at the cast list there with Heston and Richard Harris. And I was like, oh, that, that that's got to be interesting, but it's kind of a bummer. Yeah, it's okay. Well, he did his final film uh, for the same director, The Naked Edge, so another Michael Anderson. Mm -hmm. And did you have you seen that one? I've not seen that film. The only thing I know is uh, that it came out after after he died. I I, I read that he was also kind of like actively dying during the shoot. Yeah, makes sense. He had to have an oxygen tank on set so that he could between takes recuperate. <laughs> recuperate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he was he was close to death because I think he had like prostate cancer and bowel cancer been operated on those gone back to work and then apparently gone to his lungs and whatnot Ooh. so that that's what he was suffering from at the time close to the end R rough time there yeah yeah so yeah i'm curious about this one though because it's sort of like seems like one of those 
after Psycho movies, you know, yeah. after Psycho well, came out. I remember seeing one of the posters is like, it outright references Psycho, but I don't remember what it says. It's something like, you know, comparing it to Psycho, like, you know, the movie like this is Psycho, or it says something to that effect. Yeah. Psycho really helped tear down the Hollywood production code, which did not really end until like 1968. But really, the production code was Dead Man Walking after Psycho was released. Yeah. Well, it's, you know, and he pulled a, Hitchcock pulled the great trick on them, which they wanted him to cut cut scenes from his, uh, like the shower scene in particular. And he just took it and waited three days and sent it right back and said, made the cuts. (laughs) 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 Which I think like did, was it uh, Brian De Palma who did the same with Scarface? That would would make sense. Cinema's great uh, Hitchcock fanboy. It makes sense. Yeah, Yeah, it does. (laughs) I was just going to say that brings us to the end of Gary Cooper's filmography. So, um, is there any films that you really want to recommend to like people who haven't seen very many Cooper films that you really want to recommend? Well, I've seen only one, High Noon, but I really do want to recommend it. It's a classic. Well, I would recommend three Class- films. Okay. Which are um, Mr. Deeds Goes to Town. I know that you don't like the ending, <laughs> but I, I, I really like it. Sergeant York and Veracruz. Oh, and never yeah. watch High Noon. Never watch it. I'm just kidding. What? You're no. killing me. No. <laughs> well, <laughs> no, but those are the three because I just assume everyone's seen High Noon. But yeah, now, even I've seen it. Well, for my recommendations, of course, the highest recommend recommendations would be High Noon and Sergeant York. But if you really want to see him go into like action movie, action hero territory, you got to check out Vera Cruz and The Real Glory and Blowing Wild, and um. I would, I would also recommend Wings, even though he doesn't have a very large role in that film, but it's a great World War One epic. So those are my recommendations. I'm going to watch Wings, and I'm going to get back to you on it. All right, sounds good. Oh, <laughs> I have another fun fact that I read, by the way. Did you know that his mother was called Alice Cooper? No. Oh, I think I may have heard that somewhere, but I totally forgot about it, yeah. I, I'm really <laughs> wondering if Alice Cooper, the rock star, named himself after Gary Cooper's mother. Oh, it's really, I don't know. Big if true. <laughs> big if true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And also a weird reference. Yeah. But not off brand for Alice Cooper. So I would not doubt it. But yeah, uh, I think, honestly, I think that's probably it for, for our Gary Cooper discussion here. Yeah. Thank you for having me. Thanks for coming on. Uh, I'm sorry that we. It's been an absolute pleasure. Yeah. Is the one, the one, you picked the one guy. That uh, none of us know anything about. <laughs> That's all right. <laughs> I had a great time, and you guys were very informative. Right on. Uh, likewise. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Always happy to meet somebody that's seen more stuff than me. No, I haven't uh, seen in, more in any part. <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, in in, in uh, I mean, every there's always going to be a corner that I just do not have the, you know, I just don't have it covered, and this is this is one of them, and I and I'm very happy to go watch more uh, Cooper movies, so I'm going to do that. All right. And good. Right. Inspired. So I like it. All right. Well, thank, thank you. you for coming. Oh, no problem. It was, it was a lot of fun. Yeah. Thank you for coming on. Uh, you as well, Brenton, of course, as always. Thank you for hosting. Yeah. yeah. And I guess uh, I'll see you guys soon. Yeah. See you then. Have a good night, folks. Bye-bye. Bye. 
Still the cowboy, Mr. McLean. Americans all alike. Well, this time John Wayne does not walk off into the sunset with Grace Kelly. It's Gary Cooper, asshole. 